Hi, you're listening to Andrew Farris on NXS Access All Areas with Hayden and B. Check it out. Welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Well, hello, welcome to NXS Access All Areas, episode 146, the podcast that dives deep into all things great about NXS, doing it with fans, doing it with patrons, doing it with people around the world who listen in regularly, and my compadre B. Hello, how are you? Lovely to see you. You look fresh and focused and excited today. I am, Hayden. It's been lovely. I've actually had near enough the whole week off this week. From the day well, job, yeah, not from podcasting. Right. Tell when you haven't had a heavy work schedule. You are much more relaxed and ready to give, which is good. Yes. Uh, and yourself, how are you feeling? You're a bit going okay. Today, I, right? I, I just did my little uh, tour around Melbourne with our friends of the podcast and patrons, David and Michaela, yes. who came all the way up from England. So we had a fun day on Saturday and took the, the gang to Yum Cha, which was pretty exciting. Um uh, both David and Michaela are vegetarian, and we accidentally uh, served them up uh, an Asian dish that had ham in it, uh, uh, much to the uh, naivety of the server. But we got through that. So sorry, Michaela. Mm-hmm. But Michaela said that's okay. I haven't had any meat for thirty years. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what about we... in excess sites? Which yeah. ones did you take well, them to? After the vegetarian dumplings and the broccoli, we went around to uh, a couple of record stores and a couple of little sort of places where there's some good collectibles and things. So I did that. And then we went around to the Palais uh, where there was a big poster of Andrew uh, and Don McLean who were touring there. And obviously uh, David loved the fact that it looks like these was made there. And uh, in addition to your uh, tour with him him in Sydney, where he was able to go to Clontarf and see the Stay Young film clip sort of uh, location original. Um, yeah, he was pretty, pretty pumped. So Joe passed this little street and went up the street and said, oh, do you recognise this street? And it was Ramsey Street for, for those, <laughs> who, those who are uh, from England and uh, Europe and Australia, probably not America, but uh, the, the, the scene of Australia's most famous soap opera. I took the gang down there and they were like... <laughs> Well, we haven't seen this uh, for 30 years, but uh, our kids would like it and our, uh, you know, blah, blah. So it took some snaps down there as well. <laughs> you know, I lived in Ramsey Street in Sydney for a while. Right. How funny is that? <laughs> That's rather ironic. No, Spe- no. Especially when the Ramsey Street in Melbourne is not really Ramsey Street. No, so it's got a isn't. different name. But, uh, yeah, it was great. And, and for those who don't know, David's just a long-serving patron of our podcast and uh, had uh, had a bit of a plan during COVID, before COVID, to come to Australia. But obviously COVID dampened a lot of people's travel abilities but celebrated, you know, I guess his 50th birthday a year or so ago and then finally got the chance to come here and uh, I could see he had a great time, which was which was awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I spoke to Dr. Jim a couple of nights ago and he also met up with David and Michaela and took them out. They went to the Dogs in Space house, which they were stoked about. Well, I'm going to give David credit for that because I said, oh, my God, I've got to take you to Dogs in Space. And then suddenly oh. I saw a photo the next day. He's yeah. down to Dogs in Space with Jim. Excellent. So, well Jim and Dave. Excellent. Yeah. And also they took he took them to where they were going to try and put the statue yes. for. And yes. I think he was a little bit, all oh, right, okay, probably not the best place really. 
All right. But we always have an open invitation. Any of our uh, listeners and loyal patrons around the world, you come to Australia, you get a tour from B in Sydney, you get one from me in Melbourne, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, all we expect is that when we come to your neck of the woods. Oh, look yeah, up, you got to look, look after, after us. us too. Look after <laughs> us too. I said, Dave, buy, buy me some bangers and mash and a pint somewhere in a little village and I'll be happy as Larry. So, um, but no, lovely to, to be able to show them around and, uh, you know, showcase the home where NXS came from. So right. thank you to those guys. Yes. Um, having said all that, B, recapping last week's show, uh, we obviously did a bit of a burst the bubble episode there and uh, really thankful to the listenership. I guess when we have two weeks off, suddenly we get a bit of a surge of people getting a uh, access all areas fix. So we had a lot of downloads this week and um, any sort of feedback or any sort of interactions you've had? Well, apart from me stressing out, I just do need to say that there was five minutes missing, which was the out song um, at the end. I have fixed that. So if you want to go back and listen, you can listen to the live version of communication now. So I'm so sorry about that. Um, feedback. Yes, everybody really, en- well, the, the feedback that I got from everyone, they've enjoyed it. It's lovely. Your, your friend Mark Barclay, he's a, he's a happy bunny, isn't he? He's always coming up with some great, um, things for me. Um, so hello to Mark. Speaking of Mark, so I had a quick chat to Mark Opitz the other day and he he said, oh, look, I haven't listened to your latest episode. What's it on? And I said, oh, about bursting the bubble, about not touring. He goes, oh, yeah, I remember back then. I was in the room when they decided. And he gave me a whole bunch of stats and information. I'm going, we've already recorded it, Mark. But uh, yeah. um, fundamentally, I guess, I think he just sort of had said what we've said before and that was that they wanted to record more and they were um, – some of them had, you know, new wives and kids and they thought they deserved a break after sort of back-to-back-to-back world tours and thought, well, maybe we can sit this one out. And then and then when they did decide to do something, it was going to be something getting back to their roots, of which uh, Mark mentioned something interesting as well, and that is that when they went back to do some of those recordings, he happened to say that um, uh, during the Capri time when they decided not really to, to – um, uh, tour uh, uh, till Full Moon Dirty Hearts came out later. He did sort of say that they they did record Born to Be Wild over there in Capri, and then decided to go back and do Barbarian, a couple of other songs. I think Stay Young and some of those are on B sides and things of the singles that around that time. So, and Mark was quite encouraging re-recording those. So. Uh, again, having gone to some of those smaller gigs, they were played live, which was pretty cool, and we were hearing a real sort of, um, I guess you're hearing a really amped up version. Uh, if people can imagine the Love One, the first version, and then the Love One, the second version, the band was so much better players, uh, and production was probably uh, a little bit uh, tighter on the production. Uh, if, you, if you get a chance to hear the Barbarian and the Stay Young updates, you'll really hear the growth in the band's playing ability. So, uh, but yeah, thanks for Mark for giving some little anecdotes. I thought I would just add in at the start of this recap of, of last week's episode, B. And it works really well into the segue of my interview with Sandy this afternoon that I did, um, that I'm going to play for you in a moment because. This was the biggest tour that NXS put out there and it was them sort of bursting this bubble that we were going Mm. to be talking about this afternoon. It's always obligatory, but I need to ask you, how has your NXS week been? It's been full on, Hayden, but I did meet a lovely lady, another one. OPSM is the place to be if you want to meet people to do bin (laughs) in excess. I don't know how the conversation goes. might be something to do with that I have a necklace that says in excess around my neck. And she says that her dad was a dentist Mm. and he used to fix Tim's teeth. (laughs) 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so oh. she, I mean, pretty cool that she used to get um, lots of um, signed autograph things and uh, free tickets to go to all the shows. So it's only a guy in the family who's actually got to see inside Tim's mouth. Not a <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Right. She said that um, fixed Michael's as well, so I don't yes. know what he did, but um, it was definitely Tim as well. Fantastic, mm. fantastic. Mm. All these people come through Coffs Harbour. You know yeah, they I mean? do. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, it must be the epicentre of uh, in excess anecdotal information. <laughs> I swear B, I swear B must be wearing an in excess cap to wink at and a top on to attract these people in. But uh, ironically speaking of OPSM, that's a eyewear company in Australia. Oh, yes. I decided to lose my fourth pair of reading glasses or driving glasses uh, for the, about the fourth time in four years the other day at the footy. So thank you to whoever picked them up and hope I can get them back <laughs> wherever they are. But oh, uh, any any staff discounts? <laughs> yeah, I have friends and family, so just let me know when you All need right. anything and I'll help <laughs> you out right. with that. Fantastic. <laughs> you All right, we did hear about a topic uh, today. You know, we, as a few of you know by now, we've mixed up our, our format a little bit, so we're going to go heading into our topic in a moment. It probably takes us back to uh, a little bit of a time and place where, as you said, NXS, uh were effectively sort of doing the last of their major, big, massive world tours in massive arenas and stadiums and things. Uh, and this particular lady uh, was quite close to uh, the subject matter today, uh, and I thought I'd let you introduce, uh, you know, her back drop story uh, before we go into the major recording. Okay. Well, let's talk about her fiancé at the time, who was John. So John Roden was the sound engineer on the live tours um, for the X Tour. Now, you called it the X Factor Tour. Is yep. it the X Factor Tour or yeah, the X Tour? Yeah, well, they had a couple of incarnations and MM would probably would be more specific, but I think they, they probably did three laps of Europe at different times. But okay. generally speaking, it was known as the X Factor Tour. Yeah, Right, okay. Okay. Well, sadly, John passed away in 2007 and we can't get John on, obviously. Sandy has been a friend of mine for quite a few years, well before the podcast, and I knew she had some stories in her, but she's a very sensitive lady. She actually runs a page called Two Worlds Colliding because she's a she's a counsellor. So if you ever need counselling, she's a lady. But back to John. John, world-renowned in, in the industry, and amongst his clients as a freelance engineer, he worked with George Michael, David Gilmore, Paul McCartney, Michael Jackson, Macy Gray, Annie Lennox, Christina Aguilera, the Pretenders, Phil Collins, Ozzy Osbourne, Luther Vandross, <laughs> Sting, Sinead O'Connor, Eric Clapton, and George Harrison, your favourite, and yeah. In Excess. <laughs> wow. I wow. know. And I'm glad you, I'm glad at the end you didn't add in like Dead or Alive or something cheesy like that or Banana Rama. Like they're all like all no A graders. There. Absolute A graders. Yeah. 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 And you'll get to hear um, Sandy also say that uh, John actually won an award for his um, tour, um, engineering tour, when he did that with um, In Excess as well. So he, wore a gr- he won a Grammy, sorry. Wow. Mm. Awesome. Well, mm. I guess we should just uh, basically say then, what's the time for, B? It's time for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. And now it's time for Topic of the Week with Sandy Rayner-Davidson. 
Well, hello, Sandy. Welcome to the In Excess Access All Areas podcast. How are you? I'm great and I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to speak to you after all these years. Goodness. Well, first of all, you're a fan and also you were on tour with In Excess for the whole of the X tour. So we want to hear a lot more about that. So how did that happen? Oh, wow. My uh, sister-in-law and I were flying to Florida to see a family member. And all of Paul McCartney's entourage was on the plane. We were the only two people on there that wasn't part of Paul McCartney's entourage. <laughs> the radar got blown out in Atlanta. And we had to sit on the pavement for four hours. So we got to know these guys really well. And the guy sitting next to me. He was the pyrotechnic for uh, Paul. He said, I want you to meet a friend of mine. You two, would, you're, you're perfect for each other. And I'm like, yeah, all right. you know. And so I uh, couldn't see him because John was up in the good seats and we were in the back so, and we couldn't move. So uh, after we got there, they invited us to the show the next night, the whole group. They were wonderful. And that's when I met John. And my friend that I sat next to, his name was Shaky. I don't know why, but they called him shaky. He was right. John, I just hit it off. I just a couple more shows of Paul's. And then Paul's ended on uh, July 4th. John and I thought, well, I'd never see him again. Ending party that night of Paul's, he said, how would you like to maybe go to some more concerts? And I thought, okay, fine. We started dating. Didn't know anything about NXS yet, as far as he was concerned. We went on a cruise and there was a big hurricane. And we couldn't do anything except listen to the music. And he went up and he asked for New Sensation by NXS because he knew that was my favorite song. And I start dancing out there and, and I come back and he said, how would you like to go on tour with NXS? I think I died. I just went, no way. dream isn't it so how old was you back then 33 yeah that's great your prime of life and there you are with in excess and uh, a new boyfriend you were engaged to get married is that right uh, that came a little bit later on about midway through the tour yeah oh wow all right well you'll have to tell us all about that, how that happened then so john he he's world class sadly he's passed away in 2007 i'm sorry Sorry about that. He sounds like a really good guy. I know that the band um, talk about him fundly as well. So you went to the tour. I can't believe it. I don't even know where to start with this. There's just so much to unravel and talk about. I mean, what is it that sort of like made you say yes straight away? I mean, you must have had like you had a life to leave. So how, how do you just just go? Yeah, let's do it. Well, it was in excess. <laughs> <laughs> You know, in my words, the biggest in excess fan there was, but we all think we are, right? When John, I thought John was kidding me because he knew I was such a, a big in excess fan. I also thought he was just kidding around with me. So I kind of messed with him a while. And he says, no, you don't get it. And then he showed me the paperwork. 
And then one night, we're, that's how you'll like this. One night, I'm sitting at my table. We're eating. And the phone rings. John's talking. He said, here, talk. And he hands me the phone. It's John Ferris. He said, now do you believe me, Sandy? And I go, yeah. And I'm from Kentucky. And there's all these people think all these things, weird things about Kentucky. And John Ferris, he goes, hey, tell me something. Are all women in Kentucky barefoot and pregnant all the time? Because that was some. <laughs> 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 what did you say? Yeah. <laughs> Background, you could hear them. They're just ah, <laughs> real hoot about it. So they were fun, you know. So I was a believer then. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. So I've got a few questions to ask you that um, are come of our patrons to the show have been asking. The tour was pretty long and it was very, very big. Very big. I mean, it was probably their best branded in excess tour that they did, the X tour. Thank you to Nick Egan for the branding of the X and all the advertising that they did for it, but the clothing as well. Did you see any of the wardrobe? Was you part of that? Did you meet the wardrobe girls? I, I did one time. Um, that there's a lot, I will call it chaos it seemed chaotic to me but to them it worked but i wasn't a part of it so i wouldn't have known but yeah i got to see all the you think oh they're gonna wear that tonight and they come out with something else so there was and there's a lot of things that they didn't wear and it was funny that um i learned that certain outfits going to be kind of how the show was going to go i don't know that they knew that it was kind of like you know when we as women we put on something we feel good we're one way you know what's well, kind of the same way you know I could see, okay night you know it was always good but they just had personalities with it just like anybody else it was fun so the red coats what would they signify a little bit more activity <laughs> <laughs> and how about the stripy pants oh. Yeah, everybody on this in this on this earth knew about the striped pants. I mean, come on, those that's iconic. You know, you'll never you'll never beat that. You know, he had several suits that he liked to wear, and I don't know that all the videos that I've seen cover all this the suits that he had. John always said that when Michael wore his suit, his vocals were better and he performed the best. That's a professional talking. I, I don't know that I could see that, but. He did have a different little bit of personality out there for a while. And then he'd get rid of the coat and stuff, you know. I think he he liked to bounce around a little bit more maybe when he had the suits on. It was fun. He had several. He had a like a red suit. I always looked for it and I always wanted him to wear it again because to me, he just he was just on fire with it. I mean, he was always a good performer, but it just seemed like it was better. I don't know. Just He just had more fun. So he never wore wore it on stage? One time, but I don't think it's in any videos. No, or photos. I've not seen it in any photos or in any videos. Mm, interesting. Okay, very good. Okay, so would they have worn these these outfits out onto the, um, the after parties afterwards or did they change into something a bit more relaxing? Uh, usually when I would see them afterwards, it was, you know, they've changed. They've, they got rid of whatever they were sweating in to a little bit anyway. Uh, I didn't hang around a lot afterwards because John was ready to move on. He was kind of a person that was in the background a lot. He 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 didn't hang around, at least when I was there, okay? He was ready to move on and, and get away from work because I wasn't there all the time. I didn't go and then, I mean, I would go home and 
will come back. It would have been a long day because he would have been setting up all day. So that brings me on to the next question about um, like moving around from one city to another. I mean, how long would it have taken to have set up the show? Oh, it's amazing how long it takes to set up the show, all the scaffolding and then the, the screens. I know John would go in at the same time because he had to set up all of his equipment and the, the, the electricity and all that. And uh, he would be gone all day. And I wouldn't see him for sometimes till afterwards. So a lot of times it was like a 36, 35, 36 hour job. I mean, if anybody else, it goes straight through, you know, and the roadies are the same way. Uh, who put up all all that hard work, and you see them taking little naps here and there when they could, but they're right back on on target when they need to. It's a hard job. I have great respect for that. Great respect for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of people that would be uh, behind the scenes. Hey, did you meet Chris Murphy? I saw him, but I did not meet him. Okay. <laughs> and is there any photos of you with the band? Uh, not that I can show. Okay, so we're not allowed to see any of them. So you would have had to have signed something to say that you wouldn't um, say too much about um, your time there. And and I'll be honest with you, I, I have such great respect for the band and for everyone. I, uh, but there's really not much that I could say that would really be that interesting. I mean, they were they were hard workers, you know, but they like to play too and they like to have fun. But yeah, nothing I can show. Were you at Wembley? Yeah. Yeah. It was a special day. I'll, I'll tell you a little story here. A lot of times, because I'm waiting on John, he's busy, okay? And he, I don't really see him after he goes in. I can go into his little his little mixing table and we can talk, but there's not a whole lot of that when they're getting ready. One of my favorite times of all the concerts were walking out to the stage. One night, I just happened to walk out at the same time the band was walking out, and Timmy started talking to me, and by the time I got, they got to the stage, I was laughing so hard I could barely even get on because he's just so funny, you know. He really, I mean, when it's time to work, he works, but he he really is funny, and so uh, that kind of became a little bit of a part of what I did. I always kind of waited and watched. I got to walk out with him. I didn't go on stage, but I got to walk up to it. And most of them were quiet, but except Timmy. And then Michael would come along sometimes afterwards. And one time I got to walk out with Michael, just me and Michael. It was so much fun. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's just Michael. And I kind of, you know, had a moment, you know. And uh, that was that was Wembley. But there's a, I, I backed out way before he got up close to the stage and everything because there's so many people there and so many cameras. I didn't want in that, but it was so fun. And and where were you when they were performing? John had his mixing table. There was just enough room for you know me to stand up there and uh, I can move around, had a seat and all that. But that was John's space. That was his. Mm-hmm. No one could tell him that I had to leave or anything. Well, unless I misbehaved, but I didn't. But there were a couple of people that I let come up there with me. Holly came up one time. Oh, did she? Okay, that's cool to know. And she's so shy and she's so sweet. 
because you never know about people. She was wonderful. We had the best time back there. <laughs> Aww, that's great. So that's good that Kylie was so close there that she got into the mixing desk to uh, listen to him as well. to have been at Wembley and to have been so close to everybody as well. Were you on that little bus that came in that was um, filmed, the little white bus? in a taxi. <laughs> You're in a taxi behind the mall. <laughs> I said, please don't come early. He says, going to be so many cameras and so chaotic. He said, you're going to be miserable, just wait. Well, he didn't tell me that just to get into a cab and get there took so long. That's just an iconic day, obviously. Very, very, thank God they filmed it, hey? Now tell me about the set as well. What was it? Because um, he, he was able to move around quite a bit, so there was a lot of scaffolding on the actual set, but was there a backdrop? What was it for some of the fans that don't know? Was it different in every country? Yeah, everyone that I was at, except uh, the do- in the Docklands in London. I think they did two or three shows in the Docklands, which is some of my favorite shows, actually, and I'll tell you why later. But uh, the backdrop, it looked like a little castle or something, and then there was a bridge, and Michael would, you know, run across, singing. There for a while, they played Guns in the Sky, and he would run down that, and that was some of my favorite, because he would come running down through there, you know? And then he would sit in front of that, was it Stairs? I'm not sure, but anyway, he would sit on there and sing, and he would move around until he got comfortable, and he would usually try to get close to Andrew back there, and he'd just be sitting. So it was really pretty. There was a lot of moving around, and if you're looking at the stage, Kirk's on the left, okay? Timmy's on the right. John's on the drums. Gary's in between Timmy and John, usually, in that little space, and Michael's just everywhere. They're perfect positions. They're perfect positions. So is there any special moments that you want to share with us? Brings a smile to your face and you go, pinch me, did that really happen? We're in the Docklands. I told John that was some of my favorite, favorite shows. And I don't know what it was, but they they dressed casual that night and they were just really loose. It, it was didn't seem like they were trying to work real hard at at being specific because they, they just seemed looser or whatever. Well, my John didn't care for Michael very much because, you know, he, he was a big flirt, you know, and he would, he would always talk to me. And, and once he found out that John didn't like that, he did it even more. So we're at the Docklands, Suicide Blonde's coming up. And my hair was just like uh, Roxette at the time, real short, blonde, up, you know, all this. And they always picked 
picked on me about it. So Michael's up there and he, he looks over straight at me and John like this, you know, and he goes, dedicate this one to John's woman, Sandy. <laughs> so yeah, that's a special moment. I mean, there's so many. My favorite times were sound check because I can be there because I'm with John, right? And I'm the only one up there. And I, it's like I, the concert was just, it was just for me. It was just for you. It was just for you. You got to watch them interact, like changing things and, oh, we should do this and we should do that. You get to see more than them just standing up there performing. You get to see how, you know, how hard they worked at getting it right. They yeah. wanted it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I believe Michael gave you something while you were on tour. Do you want to share that with us? Oh, the jacket. Okay. Because there's something else too. Yes. Oh, right. so is there? Oh, yes. And this, I think it was an older one, but I didn't care. I didn't, I did not care. Such a cool logo as well, isn't it? Great yeah. jacket. And Michael would have worn that and he gave it to you. Fantastic. Pulled it off and gave it to me. Here's something to remember the X tour by and just have, you know. I was like, I was like, wow, you know, that's great. That's that's beautiful. Mm. The next uh, pair of uh, long shorts are actually men's, uh, and um, I've worn them out. <laughs> well, I but, hope you got lots of things autographed by them as well while you were on tour. Yeah, John, I was real good about autographing his sticks. It let fly. And I have a couple shirts. You you showed me um, a painting that um, you saw on. Um, where did you see it? Actually, you saw it on it Facebook on, or something. Um, I have to think. It was on one of the Facebook in excess group, the biggest one at the time, but it just one of the in excess fan groups. And ten art from Argentina, Argentina, just put this on there and announced it, sort of. And I just happened to be on there that day and I messaged him immediately and said, I want that. And I beat everybody to it. And he held it for me for about a month until I could, you know, figure out how to get it and get the money and stuff. So that's the original painting. And I I know that a lot of fans have actually seen this picture. So this is a very iconic picture of Michael for those that are only listening to the audio at this point. So this is um, a picture of Michael and it's um, as if the the light is shining on him. So it's in a a yellow color. I mean, his hair's gone like purpley in the lights and it's just near enough a half of his face but it's absolutely stunning and it's an original painting that you've got there and lots of people have got prints of this now haven't they i should imagine i think this this, i think there were six i don't know if they're reproductions or how that works i I really don't know but this is the original from 10 art and and that's quite precious to you isn't it you love it i can see Um, I, I don't know what I'm going to do when I, I pass because I want this to go on with people who really want to remember Michael and remember in excess. So I have a friend in England. Her name's Joe Robbins. I think you probably. Oh. <laughs> yes, we love Joe. <laughs> like a sister to me. She's somewhat easily about my trip, about all of the things. And we just share so much about Michael and about NXS. And so I told her that was hers. Yes, I wish you were
Alright, let's get back onto the tour. Now I've got a message. I had a message from our Lisa Mack um, from Brisbane, Australia. And um, she was actually on this tour, or not on the tour, but like yourself, but she went to the tour when it was up in um in Brisbane. And she went to the after party, or she was at a party where the band were, and she said she was dancing with some friends. And this was um when she said the um security or the the um the guys at the time sort of pushed them towards the band so that they were dancing a bit. She wants to know, is this a rev- regular occurrence that they would spot some party girls and sort of push them in front of the band a little bit? Do you, do you know if that was like a regular occurrence? Actually, a regular occurrence per se, but they like for people to enjoy themselves and they like to see people enjoying themselves. So, so yeah, they like to get people in there, you know, as mm-hmm. many Lisa's very thankful because that was when she managed to lean into Michael. I don't know if she got a kiss, but she said she felt his bristle upon her and they had a nice chat at the bar. So I think she goes to bed dreaming about that quite a lot. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> I'm sure she that was the moment for forever. Uh, I've got a uh, a message from um, a friend of mine that I do a, a podcast with called Aidan Murdoch. I can't make it today. He's actually at work. So his question, oh, he's got two actually. Um, his question is, the reviews of X Tour compared the lighting theatrics to a, a Pink Floyd gig. High praise, yeah? It, it was wonderful. Uh, I thought it, I was surprised that they, they did that because I, in all the the videos and everything that I'd ever seen, I'd never seen do quite that much. And so it was wonderful. A lot, yeah. I don't know about Pink Floyd. I'd never been to a Pink Floyd concert, so I can't compare it. Question two, which band members were involved with John the most and any interesting antidotes? Well, we've we've talked about that, but yeah. So he didn't care for Michael much because Michael flirted. Like having met Timmy and know Timmy, he just gets on with everybody, I reckon. He's he's such a likable, fun guy. I mean, he, he does, he has you in tears with laughter. Uh, apart from him, who else would he have um, got on with? He talked to John the most I think and, and he explained it this way one time between the drummer and the mixer first and then it builds from there okay okay so the, the beat starts and then yeah then they would have um, gone on from the rhythm section and then they go from there oh cool that's good to know it's good to know we talked to John the most what was the last concert and how did that end? I wasn't at the last concert because John and I had broken up before that, right, just right before that. Oh, sad. I'm sorry. We, we remained friends, very good friends. Mm-hmm. I remember that John, um, he won a Grammy, National Sound Technician of the Year. Wow, that's awesome. What an, an achievement. That's brilliant. But, but you got engaged halfway through this tour. How did that happen? He surprised me. I mean, he really did. He had a little bit of time off in London, and he said, let's drive up to the north, the Lake District. And he said, I want to show you where I was born and his mom and dad. And we were sitting there at the lake, and it was so beautiful. And he, that's when he asked me to marry him. And I was like, are you sure? I said, I've got kids. You don't want kids. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, well, I'm sad that you broke up, but like you remained friends, which was awesome. And then sadly he passed away um, in 2007. That must have been absolutely heartbreaking for you. It was because uh, we remained, I mean, we, we talked on the phone quite a bit and he, he was happy though. They said he, 
15 minutes before he passed, he was cracking jokes. And that's strong. I mean, yeah, that is sad. wanted to get out of there so bad he had to talk loud okay and he said yeah I'll get some friends together that I know will take care of you and they'll take you out and you'll get a tattoo and Michael heard it. and I was like but I don't know what to get so, and Michael just over everyone you know just get a lightning bolt on your ass that'll make him jealous <laughs> and so did you <laughs> One time uh, in Chicago, Michael just wanted to get away from people. And he could, he, he could down him where people really wouldn't know it was him, you know. And there was three of us. We all went out to eat. I have no idea where. He just needed somebody to talk to that night. That's when we became friends, really. Mm-hmm. He talked to me about life and some of the problems with, you know, this life because he was very personal. That I was going to say because he, like, most of the time you hear that he he asks people about them more than him offloading himself. So that's pretty special that he did that with you. We, we both talked because we, we both had some similar um, feelings and, and pains and stuff like that. So I won't say we did it every time I was there, but a, a lot. And sometimes it would be quick, little, hey, hey you know, how, how's that going? Whatever, we'd go back and forth. He did show such empathy, you know, and he reached out and I was counselor and, and went on, you know, to, to do a lot with that. And I think maybe he felt that from me, felt that, that caring. That he was a sensitive, sensitive boy. Sensitive, yes. And all you have to do is listen. Isn't it guns in the sky where he says, da, 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 love your hair, da, 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 lend me a tenor coming through where he felt like people just wanted to use him for his hair, his crotch. I'm just going to say it, you know, his hair, his crotch and all that. He said, I want to be remembered for my lyrics and the hard work, not all this. He wanted legacy to be worth something, not only with with himself, but with in excess. And that seemed to be something that was on his heart, like he questioned it. I love your big house. Your spare time when I'm sick of it It's a load of shit We can stop the world And let off our fools And let them go live with the guns in the sky Ah. 
wanted to say something about the band. Oh, go ahead. I may cry. Oh, I'm sorry. It's nice. I would like everyone, whether they're Australian or whoever, to know that this band was class, class act. They loved that they were from Australia. They they wanted to make all their fans proud of themselves, you know, and what they did. They wanted to make everybody happy. They worked hard. They they played. They loved to pick on each other, and that's hilarious. But they really were a class act. I'm proud to say that that I got to see that. I don't know. You, you hear so much about people saying bad things about bands, and they they were just wonderful. The class, and it's so they had such manners, like with me and other people. So um, they did Australia proud. Excellent. Yes, they do. They, 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 and they still do. They're gentlemen. They're absolute gentlemen. Like you say, they knew how to have fun. They were humble. They weren't, they weren't big headed. I mean, they, they could hold their own because they were like, like you say, they, they worked damn hard. So yeah, they, they, they should have the champagne and the women and all of that. You know what I mean? It's like part of it, but yes, they worked damn hard to, uh, to achieve tour after tour, album after album and what they've done and we need to get these this band into the rock and roll hall of fame so please everybody if you haven't signed the petition get onto it um because this petition will help and also if you share the podcast and get um in excess recognized even more so with your friends and giving them more knowledge because there is that horrible stigma I know we can't get around the elephant in the room of how how Michael passed and that just sticks and we're trying so desperately to stop that and really concentrate on the music well, thank you for coming on the show, Sandy. It was lovely hearing all of those stories. Thank you for t- telling me all of them. And um, how about you tell me some more off air? We can do that sometime. We're sisters, girl. I can feel it. We, we, we'll have some talks, okay? Ah, you're beautiful. Love you. Bye-bye. Good night, sweetheart. You take care. Bye. Hello, this is Genevieve, and it's now time for Fan Engagement. Well, hello, Danielle. How are you today? Well, hello, beautiful bee. I'm wonderful. How are you today? Well, I have woken up very happy this morning because I was, um, my, my, my phone knows when to send me good videos. And I had a video of um, Michael and Gary in an interview back in 97 um, at the Greek Theatre. And I think it was Richard Blade with in excess for a lunchtime little nibble or something I don't know but there was a very big crowd and they they got to um have a little interview and then they went on stage and I've been passing that around did you did you get to see it this morning it was lovely I did when I got home from work it was a nice little surprise on my phone so yes I did get to see it I don't think I've ever seen that interview and I definitely have never seen the performance at the Greek theater with uh, Richard Blade's uh, K-Rock, I think, back then. 
Oh, that was it. It was K-Rob. So yeah, it was, um, it was, fr- it looked like it was a fan at first, but I don't think so. I think it was a professional interview that was being done and filmed, but it looks like raw footage, but it was really gorgeous to see him pan into the audience and get their reaction of the first time of them hearing, I'm just a man. It was just gorgeous. There was a few tears in the audience. So it was so nice to see that. And there's Michael asking for a cigarette or straight away from the crowd. Made me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I've popped that onto the socials, everybody. So um, see how you go with that. If you need any help, just get in touch with myself or Danielle. We'll be happy to help you. What else has been happening this week, Danielle? Oh, goodness. Well, I would love to say a big hello to Brie, Catherine, Cynthia, and Margarita. Not the drink Margarita, but Margarita. (laughs) And we got the neatest email from someone named Sydney, and they sent us photos. I don't know if anybody else has seen these, but apparently they are filming a movie out in Hollywood, and the posters that they are using all up and down the streets are old in excess posters from Shabu Shaba and The Swing. You can see other posters that have got the Go-Go's and Frankie Goes to Hollywood. So I'm very interested what this movie is going to be and why they are using all these back catalog of NXS posters. Interesting. Okay, so if anybody's got any information on that, let us know. Email us or message us via our socials. It's quite exciting, isn't it? That and the Kardashians now. It's all these things happening. Okay, well, I'd like to just give a little shout out to a few of my friends on Instagram that we exchange things with. So I'd like to say hello to Isabella and to Jaden and also to the Music Cube. You're always awesome to to chat with. Um, Also to, it's not going, Fangirl17. Queen Fangirl 17, she's awesome. And also to awesome. Leanne. Thank you guys. It's lovely to hear from you. Also like to say hello to a few new people on our Twitter. Um, Jerry, Snow Wallaby, Lee, Tina, um, Ministry of Truth, Bevington. Um, who else we got here? Hero, which is a H-E-W-O, Hero, Hero. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Hello, here um, Sean, Ian. Hello, Ian. Um, Mandy. Um, who else? Michelle and Mark. Good to speak to you all via Twitter. Loving Twitter. Loving Twitter and Instagram at the moment. Got so many followers and lots of new ones. So hello to you if I haven't mentioned your names yet. I think we're pretty tight this today, aren't we? We haven't really got a lot to say much because um, we're keeping a lot in the bag for next week because it's going to be our third year birthday party so we like to hear some messages from you guys um about how um, you're enjoying the show and um yeah any comments really any feedback give us some it'd be lovely thank you yes anybody that has any happy birthday messages reviews how you're liking the show what you're loving and uh telling b and hayden how awesome they're doing with the show we would love to hear from you guys so i can't believe it's going to be the third anniversary b where has the time gone? <laughs> it's nuts, isn't it? Absolutely nuts. Three years. Wow. I haven't worked it out yet how many hours worth of recording that is, but it would be a fair bit. <laughs> well, I, for one, 
am a very, very appreciative lady for NXS Access All Areas with Bead and Hayden. Well, I appreciate you, Dania. You were one of our first um, patrons and one of our first listeners in the first week. And for you to be a patron and you pay to help this keep going and you also donate and you also donate a lot of your time. So from me to you, thank you so much with all my heart. I love you, B. I love you too, Danielle. (laughs) Bye, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Hi, it's Dave from England, and you're listening to In Excess Access All Areas with Hayden and B. And now it's time for the news. All right, B. Well, uh, a big, very, very uh, chunky filled news section here for everyone this week. So I thought I would start off. There was a really, really cool little. Um, uh, what you call the top 10 in excess songs. Now, as we know, magazines sometimes to fill content will have little uh, fan interaction pages or uh, journos who will put articles together saying, what's the top 10 songs for this or that band or that one? Sort of cool one for Simple Minds yesterday and I saw one for Phoenix today. And uh, the website's called Flipboard, um, as in the Flipboard music site. Uh, and they've put down their top 10 uh, in excess songs in terms of the journo there. Uh, really good descriptions of the songs and not really a cliche list. I liked a little bit of the variety there. Uh, so much so that it had elegantly ways of number two, which was uh, uh, quite unique because it's never often that high in other polls. Uh, but check it out. But more importantly, read the really good descriptions of each song. I, I would uh, urge uh, kindly for that. Um, in terms of gig watch, lots and lots going on around the world, space. I thought we would uh, open up with the Live Baby Live guys. They're coming back to Coffs Harbour at the Hoey Moey. Did you know that? Yes, they, they're quite regulars, aren't they? They are. They're coming back on the 28th of May. They work uh, hard. They are. They are. And they've got a good sort of fan base audience there. A person we mentioned a year or so ago, Lee Harding, uh, he's got the Mystify Songbook Tour uh, that he's done over the last three, four years around Australia. He's uh, uh, relaunching that on the 30th of November here in Melbourne at the Heatherton uh, Arco Bar. Uh, so uh, I'm going to see if I can get to that gig and also invite him on our show because he was a former Australian Idol winner, number one album. He had a number one single. Um, you know, it was very much a, a record company puppet, uh, but then realised it was that just that, and he went off and did his own thing. And he uh, has, has a really, really good sort of tour where he plays a lot of acoustic stuff for, uh, for uh, Celebration Michael. So uh, it would be great to get to the gig and also maybe get him on our show and even maybe imagine playing some songs on the show, B. That could be cool, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Getting a, we haven't really had that before, but... Uh, okay. Food for thought. Also, too, the Australian NXS show. These boys are playing uh, in a couple of weeks in uh, on the 12th of May in Bundaberg uh, at the Moncrief Entertainment Centre. Plus, they're also in Grafton, which is not far from you, I believe, yes. uh, on the 9th of December. The Don't Change boys are everywhere as, as normal, but we thought we'd plug their 14th of July gig at the St George Basin in New South Wales. I'm seeing uh, them this weekend. Yeah. Okay. No, next cool. weekend. Next weekend. Cool. <laughs> Here's an interesting one in California in a place called Walnut Creek. Okay, I love the name. There's yes. a double bill. One uh, one act is Madonna, the blonde ambition, and the other one is called Inex Sensation. Inex Sensation. So uh, a newcomer band we haven't heard of, but they're playing a double bill with the Madonna Blonde Ambition on the 23rd of June at Walnut Creek in California. Now, California's a big place, but we do have uh, patrons and friends of the podcast who are in that neck of the woods. Hello, Scotty B. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, too, uh, there's another inexcessive B in Canada. 
through my research. On the 9th of uh, December in Edmonton in Canada, uh, there's an inexcessive cover band over there. Now, I don't think it's the Aussie boys who are touring there. Uh, it must be local. But uh, well done to you guys. Obviously, uh, adding to the international flavour of inexcess uh, tunes being played around. B. Oh, I'd like to also add new sensation. I've got a new lead singer and he's hot. Right. Okay. Did you hear that one, ladies and guys? <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, a few girls had palpitations when I uh, put it into the thread the other day. So, yeah, well done finding him. Mm-hmm. Now, a little, little bit of interesting news here. Uh, as we know in Australia, the, uh, the the very best op has been in our charts for something like 14,000 years, which is great. And uh, it's been very high up in the New Zealand charts. Uh, a little minor thing, the New Zealand charts have decided that if any artist has an album that's 18 months or older or a single, they won't put them in the primary charts anymore. They'll put them in a new chart called the catalogue charts, which um, in some respects is uh, a negative and a positive. But the positive is it does breathe more room for people in the main charts. The negative is there are some artists over there who are clocking up two, three, four years in some album single charts and, you know, they're about to break records, yet that rule's changing so they don't have the record anymore. But um, I thought that was an interesting sort of thing, you know. Um, um, at the end of the day... Australia might take it Yeah, yeah we never know. Australia yeah. don't normally copy the Kiwis. Uh, we generally run our own ship here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hello, New Zealand. Uh, and speaking of New Zealand, uh, John Stevens, uh, he was probably just over a month ago in Wellington, I think, almost this day a month ago. Uh, there's a great interview that goes for 15, 20 minutes, I think, uh, maybe fractionally longer, uh, on a show called Wellington Mornings with Nick Mills. Uh, it's a good radio interview where he talks about his In Excess songs, he talks a bit about his own material, you know, feeling just generally happy and content in life. And it's a good deep dive for those John Stevens fans. And um, uh, I know around the world, a lot of people didn't see Michael sing, but did see uh, John sing, of which I know David Gaunt was one of them. He saw Lee John sing in the UK. So, uh, yeah, take in that interview if you like. You um, have just reminded me I yeah. had a message today from Norway. Yeah. And... JD Fortune is dropping a new album on the 5th of May. Okay. There well, you go. We, we thank, need, thank you, Norway. We might need to uh, reach out to JD very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a good birthday, that JD guy. Um, so, yeah. Um, what, share it with you? Correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, too, there's an article going around uh, on exec- – uh, well, uh, uh, there's a Giles Martin article um, that just talks about his career and growing up as a son of the Beatles producer, George. Uh, obviously, as some of you know, he has an executive music director title for In Excess and Petrol, a bit of a wanky title, really, but uh, we're probably in the Mark Opitz camp of uh, production. Uh, however, you know, uh, Giles has done some good things with some of the back catalogue, but uh, there is a, a good article. And anything to do with the Beatles and In Excess and other bands are always quite interesting to to read. So if you are a nerd, check that one out. Also, too, we don't really go into a lot of stuff about reissues and vinyls and collector sites, but I did happen to come across on one of the internet sites called The Vinyl Store. There's a really good decadence reissue for only about $40 um, amidst some other rarities. Uh, and on Rockaway Records, another online sort of uh, sort of CD record site, there's uh, a lot of uh, reissues now of the years, 1979 to 97, that particular uh, greatest hits of In Excess, which is probably a more comprehensive catalogue. But 
but uh, I know hanging out with Dave the other day, you know, he bought a couple of Aussie printed off uh, uh, the swing and I think he might have got Full Moon from one of the record or CD stores the other day. You know, there are collectors out there who uh, don't have some of these things. So if we can steer you towards these sites, along with Pedro and Dave's site, we, we, we encourage you to do so. And lastly, news B, it's a little bit of a valet time. Uh, overnight at the time of recording, unfortunately, the world lost Harry Belafonte. I think uh, it was in his 90s, late 90s, but uh, great singer and a great sort of trail uh, blazer uh, for the music industry. Last week, we lost Derek Hand, who was the coroner for Michael, uh, you know, in the Michael's uh, uh, coroner's report. This might sound a bit weird, but Derek Hand was effectively, when I read the coroner's report, you know, some six, 12 months after, maybe two years after Michael's passing, completely eased my um, uh, stress levels. And I say this sincerely to anyone out there, is that if you read that coroner's report, you realise that Michael just wasn't in a healthy place. And I think we've documented that over time. But it was a considered well-researched report. It was factual. And particularly at the time, it took away the emphasis off all the scuttlebug that was going on um, around that particular time about, you know, innuendos and things. So, you know, valeted to uh, to uh, Derek, uh, and thank you for your fine work and your career. And the last one of all, a big, big thing for Melbourne here, we want to say valet to uh, Dame Edna Everidge, a.k.a. Barry Humphreys, uh, a pioneer of Australian comedy. Uh, anyone around the world would know Dame Edna. Everyone around the world probably knows Celeste Patterson, less so Sandy Stone. He had three or four characters that he he created. Uh, for those in England, might not know, but uh, Barry Humphreys was also in the Spice Girls movie. B. He was, had, yes. He had a little scene in that. <laughs> um, and I happened to go see him around the early 90s doing one of his characters, Sandy Stone. I was in the front row with my mum and we had a great night. And Dame Edna, you know, like honestly. So iconic. Oh, yeah. If you if you want to laugh, like I think I posted, oh, I posted one the other day. Parkinson. Yeah, every, everything she's on, you know, or he was on, like <laughs> he, he yeah. He was talking uh, while he was on one with you know with Parkinson with Tom Jones and 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 he she was answering some questions saying um, uh, yes I have a little bit of a nip and tuck and looked over at Tom Jones but not as much as Tom next to me you know <laughs> and uh, I, I have to say B when I was at university the first year uh, I was living with a mother daughter combination now the the mother was in her seventies sort of a, she to this day and, and I reckon back then still believes that Dame Edna Everidge was female. Yes. He could not be convinced that otherwise, uh, despite, you know, what we know. But, um, but Dame Edna, I mean, uh, the, the the footage of her when she turns up high up in the uh, the bleachers, you know, and the Queen and, the, and uh, sorry, Charles and Charles Camilla up in the box. Camilla, yeah. And she comes in and sits down at the start of the show and then yeah. and they're laughing and laughing and then someone opens the door and taps her on the back and she looks at the nose and she says, oh, I'm sorry, I've got some better seats elsewhere. Yeah, it's just the <laughs> confidence know? and the, oh, yeah. the comedy timing she she he was absolutely yeah. fantastic it would be I mean it was just a complication from a hip operation so I don't think everybody was really um expecting it well, either there was rumors that she was going with she yeah, there's rumors that he was you know under a coma and, and worse for wear and then there was a family now so we go no no it's all good it's all good and then six, 12 hours later, it wasn't so much. But unfortunately, when you do get, you know, into a major operation at 89 years of age, sometimes complications kick yeah. in, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'd just like to say that um, I don't know if you've seen it, but Richard Simkin, our friend, he is an, an autograph collector and yes. he collected an autograph. Of, well, he had a photograph of um, 
we've done Edna Everidge with sure. uh, with Paul McCartney with um, with Parkinson. He got Parkinson to sign it first, and he said, "My best ever guest." And then he got um, Barry to sign it, and you've got to read it. I've put it onto my Facebook page, but I've actually put it onto the podcast page because it's just just perfect. Well, really, is perfect. Yeah, there was one today that was really touching. It was actually a, a, an obituary written by Damien Everidge for Barry. Oh. Yes. So, so Damien. Will you send me that? I'll find it and send yeah. it there, post it. But, yeah, Damien, the alter ego of Barry Humphreys, she, she's done a post on behalf of Barry. She must have written pre, pre obviously, passing. And um, oh, it was it was great, you know, and just clever. Just, just comedy was clever. And, you know, for those, I know we might be boring you a little bit, but, you know, true comedy and things like that's really hard these days. Everyone wants to cancel everybody. Everyone's offended for everything, right? But mm-hmm. but Dame Edna would sit, you know, on stage in a, in, a, in a studio with 50 celebrities who were in the crowd, right? And we're talking Mick Jagger would be in the crowd, Imran Khan, you know, um, you know, actors, famous English-American actors would be there. And she had no script, but she would sit there and have a conversation with the crowd for an hour and a half. And 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 throw was, barbs at, and throw barbs at people, yeah. yeah, and just you know, and weave it into a narrative. Like the the other guy who does that brilliantly is Rob Brydon. I saw do that one night, um, just brilliant, you know. But as I said, you know, the the thing in this instance here, you know, what a, what a magnificent life, what a magnificent creation, and also for Australia, that you know, it was a, a a very formative country in the '60s and '70s. You know, we didn't have many overseas icons, and to build herself up as this, uh, you know, uh, calling herself Dame, you know, knighting herself, <laughs> and from from a milk bar in Mooney Ponds, which is a suburb here in Melbourne, you know, building this character, you know, and then you know when she'd be on stage and she'd have the her, her sister-in-law, you know, uh, Ma, uh, the, the oh, handbag, yeah. oh, what's her name, you know, who <laughs> had a face like a bloody truck, you know, yeah. Yeah, yes, exactly. Just comedy gold. So, look, please, everybody, thank you for us indulging. But, Marge. Yeah, yeah Marge, Marge, yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. Oh, ballet, brilliant. Ballet to, to Dame Inra and Barry. God bless you. That's the news, B. Hey, this is Paul Jolly from Sydney, and this is The Big Rat. Well, it's a wrap, uh, B. Um, well done with your interview today. You're definitely very, very personable with the guests, and I think that um, you know it shines in the amount of information that that Sandy uh, gave back in return. So, uh, I think uh, chatting to you, you enjoyed it pretty much too, didn't you? I did, yes. And on offer, she shared a few more stories with me, and I think we might have her back on maybe, and and you can speak to her too because she's never spoken about these, not not like in this forum. Yeah, so yeah. she she was, it was all coming out, it was all pouring out afterwards yes. because um, bless her, she wasn't very well, so she had a little coughing fit in the middle of it. So we, yeah. we I felt like I needed to cut it short because I thought she was going to not yeah. be well on me. But um, yeah, it was fantastic. I hope you all got a little bit out of that there's some beautiful moments there um you know michael giving her the the jacket and just being on stage at wembley and just all those wonderful things that um that you know dream come true for any in excess fan yeah and look i think you know one of the things that sort of you know shines through there is that you know we 
always with some of the guests that maybe are less notable, some of them have the best stories. You know, they they may not be the superstars of the industry that you'll relate to, but we've always tried to on Access All Areas take you back to a time and place uh, where people were witness to greatness and witness to the, the art and the talent of what NXS was. So witness a bit of the drama along the way and some of the ups and downs. And, you know, it was great that she was quite fresh and, and um, you know, no holds barred in her descriptions of the period too, which was awesome. Also to uh, B, we've launched the auction uh, in this last couple of days. So just want to remind people what it is and what the uh, arrangement is. Okay, we've been given a signed copy of Welcome to Wherever You Are, signed by Marco Pitts and Andrew Farris. It's double signed, actually. So it's on the cover and actually on the CD it's, itself. Yeah, yes, right. it's a, it's it's a, got a 14-page booklet inside it with some great photographs as well. So you will just absolutely love that. Now, for the young people, B, can you describe what a booklet is and a CD is? <laughs> It's um, it's well. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> they, they know. They know. They That's know. Fine. Of course, yeah. they know. Mila's yeah. robbed all mine. I've got no <laughs> CDs left. Sure, sure. <laughs> so yeah, so just get onto our um website, and you'll be able to follow the links there. Um, place a bid. Yeah. Place a bid or two yeah. or three. Yeah. Um, happy bidding, everybody, and good Fantastic. luck. So signed autograph, Andrew and, and, and Marco, but it's the two primary inspirers behind Welcome, uh, along with Michael. But, yes, get your bids in, B. Yep. And one more thing, I have got, I've got to say a big up to my new friend or called um, Stephen. Stephen has been helping me with my socials lately and he's he's helped us get a lot more of our podcasts onto YouTube. So if you've got friends that are very not able to listen to us because they don't like listening or they prefer to watch um, on, on YouTube, you can now go to our YouTube channel. If you go to the website first, all our icons are on the side. You just press one, it will take you straight there, guys. So yes, go go there. You can um you won't see us, Hayden. Don't worry. We're not on video. That was my next <laughs> so question. Hang huh? on a minute. <laughs> I don't know if I want to see us. I was just wondering how you, you would slice it up and get the, the right thing. That would take no, you No, no, it's just clever. Um so Podbeam just make it up. A podcast into a uh, yeah. file and um, it's just seen it's great okay. so thank okay. you to steve all right well look, quick before we round up we've got our third birthday coming up in the first week of may and we're going to be inviting some people onto a zoom call for some drinks and getting those people just to have a bit of a retrospective catch-up and a hello hey um, dude Three yep. years. I know, I know. 146 episodes so far. Uh, we are going to also just say a quick thank you to all our patrons who are loyal contributors each week and each month to our ability to put this together. It never goes unnoticed and it never goes uh, unthinked. So uh, over to you, B, just to say a quick thank you for listening to our show today to these people. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000 people at least. Hello. Well, hello to our honorary members, Tim Ferris, Nick Eager, Mark Opitz, Richard Simpkins, Cameron Adams, Mary Woods, Darren Jones, and Paul Jolie. Our patrons, Carmen, Laurie, Carrie-Anne, Danielle, Sarah Markram, Sarah Camia, Dr. Jim, Katie, Lisa Mack, Anne-Marie, Susan P, Susan B, Foxy, Pedro, Mandy, happy birthday, Mandy, Lisa, Yvonne, Amanda H, Amanda V, David, safe journey to you and Michaela. 
Claire back home, Tracy, Paul, Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail, Martin, Val, Jim, Matey, Kelly, Jackie, Sean, Sheila, Shannon, Helen, Brett, Suzanne, Laurel, Barge, Genevieve, Shelby, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Laos, Heidi, Paula, Lisa Urban, Angie, Nancy, Juliet, Scott, Anthea, Maria, Tracy, Vernon, Jamie, Diana, Stefan, Andrew, Georgie, Stephen, Keisha, Mark, Vern, Shane, Lachlan, Mandy, Rachel, Nick, Nick, happy birthday, Sula, Amy, Diane and Paula and our special mentions go out to Sue D, Joe Robbins, John A. Bink, Michael Spriggs, Glenn Davis, Paul Boozy and Jay Finlinson. Big belated happy birthday to our beautiful Joe Robbins. Have a good day everybody. Well, we thought, you know, with the topic of today being the sound engineering and uh, John being such a pivotal person uh, in that particular tour, uh, I think all of us who uh, happen to go to that tour or have gone back and looked at past videos can't uh, escape from the majestic suicide blonde that opened most shows uh, and had fantastic lighting and fantastic theatrics around it. And I think also with Suicide Blonde, there's a poignant little anecdote that you went through earlier today with Sandy regarding a you know, a petite-looking thing with blonde hair who was a bit of a suicide blonde at the time and a little flirtatious Michael. So uh, well done to that, and it's a nice tie in there too. That's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. Goodbye, everybody.